This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. This year, more than ever before, I think many of us are reassessing the way we live. Lockdown helped us to experience the benefits of slowing down and facing uncertainty on a daily basis has made us more mindful about how to foster well-being and resilience. Sheridan Voisey wants to help us take time out of our busy lives to reflect so we can discern the important from the unimportant. His new book, Reflect with Sheridan, is a gift book of 70 stories on themes of joy, wonder, meaning, belonging, compassion, change, seasons and hope. Sheridan joins us now from Oxford in the UK. Good morning, Sheridan, or good evening where you are. Well, that's right. Yeah, it's good morning for you. Good evening for me. So, I have to start with a confession, Sheridan. I thought it was very ironic that, you know, we're doing this interview about the importance of reflection and slowing down. And uh, on the way into work this morning, I was just like yelling at my teenager, come on, we've got to go. <laughs> I'm thinking, I've got to do this interview about slowing down. <laughs> you know, I've got to do a conversation about not rushing. <laughs> and the panic doesn't stop. It doesn't stop for anyone. It's it rather really ironic. But yeah. Well, here's my con- here's my confession. I'm going to be talking about you know t- stopping and pausing and resting and everything like that. And I I'm right up for the message myself as well because we've just been going going going. So uh, okay, you've had your confession. I've had my confession. Okay. Uh, now now let's 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 walk into repentance together. How about <laughs> okay. That? All right. Well, I wanted <laughs> to start with with COVID in the UK because obviously you guys are having a tough time, and that obviously has impacted on your ability to have that rest and have that downtime in. The sense that your wife has had to work like a like a dog for one thing, um, and you guys just haven't been able to resume normal life. How are you going with the situation with the pandemic over there? Yeah, well, you probably know that um, we're into our second national lockdown now, and so we've got all of our stores closed and all of our shops closed, and all of our cafes and all of our restaurants closed. Uh, supermarkets are open. Uh, some kind of services are still open and we've got to maintain our two metre distance. We can't have anybody over our homes. It's not quite as demanding as it was in April when we uh, could only go out for an hour a day uh, for exercise. That isn't there. Um, they've certainly tried to work with the ramifications on people's mental health with this one. But we're still seeing a good 30, 35,000 new cases a day I think the count as we last uh, saw it just uh, today was something like 500 deaths. Um, You know, it's continually bad. And so we have to have this lockdown, but it does make it very, very difficult. And Marin and I have, I think we've now cancelled at least three or four weekends away. We were going to try and get away for, in fact, one of them was a whole week. And we've had mm. to cancel it and cancel it and cancel it. So, uh, indeed, it's proved to be very difficult to get away, and especially with the role that she's playing at Oxford University at the moment with the vaccine. So all of that has meant that, yes, it's been a, a very full year, indeed. It is draining to have to live in that kind of state of constant assessing and reassessing and change and stress. And Do you think there's more of an interest in spiritual practice and spiritual disciplines at this time because of the pandemic? Absolutely. And I think that for some people, they're uh, they, they're kind of pursuing the the you know the secular but not religious line, and that's looking into mindfulness uh, and other practices, looking into contemplation of nature, uh, things like that. For others, it is actually distinctly religious. So certainly here in the United Kingdom, there has been an increase in the number of people for the first time that have been logging on to a church 
website and live stream, like a Sunday Sunday morning live stream, uh, when they haven't been before. Certainly the BBC, the local BBC radio stations, have um, started basically playing a, a religious service on a Sunday morning, which they've never done before, which is quite something. Um, and I wrote a little breath prayer. I got a feeling that we actually talked about it before, maybe yeah, a few months ago, we Katrina. we did, yeah. Um, I saw that go crazy all over social media, and a lot of people that were picking that up and running with it didn't seem to be people that otherwise would call themselves Christians. They were looking for some sort of practice, and that's the key word, I think, something I can do that can make me feel a little bit better in this difficult time. So I think you're absolutely right. I think there is a a greater increase in interest in spiritual things. Mm. In the book, you talk about hurry sickness. Can you expand a bit more on what you mean by that and and how do we resist that, Sheridan? Yeah. Well, I'll give you give, give you an illustration from a chain of homeware stores that uh, used to be alive only up until maybe about a a year or so ago, and they've closed sadly, but uh, they had this big green button in their paint department. And if you were a customer and you pressed that button, it set off a timer. And if an assistant didn't come to you, and I think it was about 60 seconds, then you were going to get a discount on your paint. Now, we as the consumer love that because we get nice, quick, fast, snappy service. But the problem is that we also play the assistant in life as well. We are often the ones on the receiving end of that. And I think that the customer service values of the the marketing culture that we're a part of have seeped into our everyday lives. And so we are very used to maybe leaving our mobile phone on all night so we don't miss a call, like a, a lawyer friend of mine, or perhaps always checking our email. Very first thing that we do when often the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning, last thing that we do at night, numerous times during the day, uh, always thinking we have to be on top of everything. So this kind of push for productivity and efficiency, more, faster, get better outputs, get better outcomes, has just left us absolutely exhausted. And we know that. We know that all the research points to high levels of stress, high le- levels of anxiety, high levels of burnout. But I think what is jettisoned well before we go down that path is the ability to see the meaning of our lives and actually see the context of our day, see how all the parts fit together and let the story play out and say, you know what, that was a meaningful moment with my daughter as I was driving in in the car this morning. Uh, That was a meaningful conversation I had with that person as I was walking through the park. That was an important outcome that happened as a result of that meeting in the office today. If we keep on going, going, going and just kind of continually being pushed by these efficiency principles, then we lose a sense of what life is all about. Mm, okay, so we need to take moments to savour, I guess, those little things that have happened in the day. But Sheridan, how do we get out of this trap? Does it come down to you have to say no to things? You have to be kind of more assertive about boundaries? What's the practical sort of outworking of how we resist that hurry? Well, that's a good start, isn't it? Um, I think one is to look at the inputs that are going into our lives. Just recently, my life has been revolutionised as of about seven weeks ago by deleting Twitter and Instagram off my phone, taking those two apps off my phone. I still use Twitter, I still use Instagram, but I use them on my work tools. Katrina, the sense of lightness that has come into my mind and my heart as a result of that, because what was happening is because it was on my phone, it was always there by my side. And so whenever I had a spare moment, 
I was scrolling and that was putting clutter into my mind and into my heart. And that was not helping with any sense of reflection. I was feeding it more and more data. So saying no to those things, for me, saying no wasn't enough. Saying, oh, well, you really need to discipline yourself not to scroll when you're tired or mm. don't scroll just mindlessly. I had to take those apps off. I feel so much better for it. So there's no doubt there is a sense in which we need to think about the inputs going into our lives and bring those down and then to fill them up in, with the good inputs into our lives. And that's nature, that is people, that is conversations, that is beauty, that is art, that is scripture, that is all of those things, that is prayer. Those are the things that can nourish us, feed us, and again, help uh, help us see that big picture and make sense of our lives. Mm, okay. I'm speaking with Sheridan Boise. His new book is called Reflect with Sheridan. And there's little reflections on things like joy, wonder, meaning, compassion. You've chosen nine different themes. And I wanted to start with joy, Sheridan, because that seems to be missing from life right now. How do we cultivate mm. joy in our lives? <laughs> oh. Well, for a start, let's take notice of those little things that can bring us joy. And joy is different from amusement. And our listener may well know that the literal meaning of amusement is amuse. A, you think of atheism. That's when you don't believe in theism. You don't believe in God. Amusement is there is no muse. There is no inspiration to it. So there's a difference between amusement and joy or true entertainment, true inspiration. My dog, Rupert, is one of the greatest sources of joy in our household. Little things like that are really important to cultivate, I think. Um, joy is about, I also believe, uh, the spiritual se uh, sense, I, I really do believe it's a spiritual gift. I believe that it's something that is that comes from God's own spirit who comes to live within us when we ask him to. And he brings that gift of joy, which can therefore be something that we can experience even in the difficult times when the circumstances don't allow for happiness, but the presence of God can allow for joy. Mm. So looking at the beautiful things and the little things in life that can bring joy, but also seeking it from God. Okay. Well, um, Sheridan, I thought it might be nice if you shared one of your reflections with us. And I wanted to ask you to read with us Wide Open Fields. I thought this was very pertinent to a year many people have spent locked away. And I think it's inevitable when you spend a lot of time in that state that some people are going to choose to remain there because it feels nice and safe and they kind of like that feeling. But it's not how we're meant to live, is it? Right. Absolutely. It's a great choice. It's one of my favourites. And actually, it also touches on Rupert, my dog. So this is a very much a sample of what uh, the whole book is really about. Wide open fields. There are so many things to love about my dog, Rupert. His silky black fur, the way he greets us each morning, wriggling with excitement, how he chews leaves, tugs at our laces, runs off with our socks and unravels toilet rolls. One of his most adorable acts is taking his collar in his mouth and walking himself round the room. As a puppy, we faced one major battle with our bundle of canine cuteness, walks. Taking Rupert to the park meant pulling him out the door and dragging him up the footpath. We had the whole world to show him, but he was too afraid to see it. One day, finally successful in getting him to the park, I let Rupert off his leash as a reward naive. He gave me a mischievous look, 
took his collar in his mouth, then sprinted around the corner and down the road. By the time I caught up with him, he had made it all the way back to home, his place of safety. It reminds me of a time I got talking to a man seated next to me on a plane. As we started taxiing, the man apologized to me. He said, I'm going to get drunk on this flight. I said, it sounds like you don't want to. He said, I don't, but I always run back to the wine. He did as he said, downing three bottles of red wine during the flight. And the saddest part was watching his wife greet him enthusiastically on landing, then smelling his breath, then pushing him away. Drink had become his place of safety, but it was no safe place at all. One of the first things Jesus said when he came on the scene was, Repent, the kingdom of God is here. Now, repent simply means to change direction. It's almost as if he was saying, don't run back to the safe places. Don't be ruled by your fears or addictions. You can be ruled by God himself, who will lead you to new places of life and freedom. Well, things progressed with Rupert. I took him back to the park a few days later and let him off his leash. He didn't run home this time, but followed me into a wide open field. And there he ran and barked and wriggled with excitement. I could listen to that all day, Sharon, and that took me to a happy place. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I hope it took you to a nice wide open field where you can run and frolic and bark with excitement. Do you know what it made me do? It actually made me reflect on the places in my own life where I get stuck, where I keep returning to the same habits. And I think that's the thing that... As you said, reflecting, we've heard a story, we've heard about a guy on the plane who keeps returning to the drink, and it made me just think for a moment about some places in my life where I just returned to the same old bad habits. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Sheridan. It's been lovely catching up with you. You too, Katrina. Always is. Yeah. All the best. That's Sheridan Voisey. Uh, he's coming to us from Oxford in the UK. His new book is called Reflect with Sheridan. You can read more at SheridanVoisey.com. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.